John. I'll be ready, John. Welcome to episode four of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. As always, this episode is sponsored by the Almighty Pie Bake Shop. Delicious pies baked daily and delivered fresh to your door. Just call 818-986-1441. That's 818-986-1441. Or follow them on Instagram at Pie Bake Shop. That's P-I Bake Shop. Not P-I-E. P-I. Today on the show, we got the legendary Australian action star Vernon Wells joining us. You may have seen his iconic roles like Bennett from Commando, Wes from Mad Max 2 Road Warrior, or Lord General from Weird Science. He also played the infamous Rancic in Power Rangers Time Force, as well as Jeremiah Stone in Curse of the 49er, a.k.a. Miner's Massacre, aside from a slew of other noteworthy performances. Hey, Vernon, how you doing? Good, thanks. How are you, mate? Yeah, it's great, great to hear from you, man. Doing great. Thank you. I'm glad that everybody's happy and healthy. Yeah, definitely. So uh, how are you holding up during everything going on lately? Uh, uh, well, I'm beginning to get a little bit of cabin fever, I think. I've had some knives <laughs> and things, you know. It's what kind of things have you been doing during quarantine? Um, well, I get to walk my dogs a lot up and down the mountain because I live uh, on the side of a mountain by the ocean in uh, California. Very nice. So I get to take the dogs for a walk two, three times a day. So that What kind of dogs me, do you have? Uh, uh, they're both very small. One's a, um, a terrier cross, and the other one is um, kind of a mixture of two or three different things, but she's kind of sweet. Oh, that's awesome. They're both pound dogs, rescues. Oh, our oh, friends uh, Mike and Sophia, who we had on the podcast yesterday, just res- got a rescue dog two days ago. Yeah, they're great. I mean, um, we've had Eddie for, uh, what, he's 10 now, so we've had him for 10 years. Oh, that's awesome. And we just uh, got um, Emma. She just had a, an operation for cancer, so we uh, oh. took her. Wait, she's doing all right? Yeah, she's a sweet, sweetheart. She's very quiet. She's a basset mix, so she's got this (laughs) deep voice. When she barks at something, kind of look at her and go, wow, that comes out of you? Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, so we actually, uh, we had actually met you twice uh, many years back at the Erie Horror Festival. Was it 2012 and 2013? The Erie Horror Film Festival that Greg Rapp puts on. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Greg's Whatever a great guy. Something. I don't even going? know. My... No, I think Greg uh, stopped doing it, but I really want to see him uh, do it again. He always had such great vendors and guests there. I think they were having mm. funding issues at the end. Yeah. Ah. Uh, but, I mean, he was a great yeah. guy and always loved going to that. Yeah, no, yep. he, always, he always treated us well. He treated everybody well at his conventions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a lot of fun up at it. Yeah, Kellen, uh, it was funny because Kellen was reminding me of an old story because uh, I think we were all having lunch together one well, time. Yeah, we were uh, <laughs> we were getting lunch at the VIP area, which we weren't even supposed to be in because, you know, we weren't celebrities or anything, obviously. Well, Greg just invited but us. But Greg yeah. was so nice to us. He let us go eat there, too, and you could tell him what happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny story, and it's kind of, I don't know, I look back on it and laugh about it. Uh, 
I think uh, they were doing a, they were having meatball subs in like the the catering, and uh, apparently I ended up getting the last of the meatballs, and you said, "Where are the fucking meatballs?" <laughs> <laughs> and the chef, uh, of course, he pointed right at me and said, "Oh, that guy right there, he got the last, he got the last <laughs> one." And I just remember you gave me that iconic, uh, you gave me that iconic stare that you have, and I was just like trying not, I was trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, so yeah, funny. it was it was funny. But uh, yeah, no, it was like, those were good memories from like, and I hope uh, once I hope Greg eventually brings it back, and hopefully like he'll bring you back there as well. It's a great festival. Yeah, we just I, re, I love, uh, I love the it? theater where he had it. I thought that was just oh, it's amazing, really cool, very cool. The Warner Theater, Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I I had a, a funny story. Was I was uh, doing um, a little thing there. And this gentleman came up and he was talking to me and uh, I sometimes have a tendency to be um, a, a little crass when I'm talking. And we're talking about something and uh, I think it was one of the girls or there was a girl there and I, I, I made some off-colour comment being a smart-ass uh-huh. and uh, this gentleman... <laughs> Just just went, oh, that's very interesting, Ben. I said, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she's a really, she's really cool. Love her, you know, love her to pieces. And he said, good, good, I'll have to tell her. It's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's great. Oh, my God. It's like, oh. That's awkward. <laughs> I love those situations. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. Tell us how it all began for, you know, in the starting in the in like the in the film industry. How did you get first involved in acting? Um, I never really wanted to be an actor. That was kind of not my my thing. My mother, um, before I was born, uh, was a songwriter. She wrote songs for um, a gentleman called Slim Dusty and uh, another lady in Australia. They were country and western singers. And she's had some songs recorded, and that was kind of her thing. She had a great voice, and uh, when I came along, she gave all that up. And I sort of, out of the um, three kids and my foster brother, I was the only one that really followed in her footsteps. And I started working with bands from a a young age, actually. I was uh, a vocalist in quite a number of uh, different bands in Australia. Very cool. Did a lot of touring and a lot of uh, work. And that was, to me, where I wanted to be. I loved it. You know, it was it was my thing. And um, I got uh, badly injured in a car accident with the, with the band truck. Um, oh, really? Oh, jeez. So I couldn't work um, with the group for quite a few months and I became a, a total pain in the rear end to our manager who uh, decided he had to get rid of me somehow so he went around to all the modeling agencies with photographs of me from uh, bands and everything and uh, one of the agencies was looking for uh, someone that could ride horses and uh, look like he was a, a country boy which I was because I grew up on a farm with my grandfather and uh, to uh, be the front person for a new cigarette brand called Braddock Cigarettes. 
And so I got chosen to do a series of commercials for a brand of cigarettes that never came out, by the way. It was all just done to use money so they didn't have to pay tax. But I didn't care. I got paid a lot of money for it, and I thought, ah, I don't have to pay the other guys in the band, so uh, this is kind of a good idea. I'll, I'll do this. So I uh, did modeling for a while, got very bored. It was kind of boring. And uh, yeah. the same people took me, took my photograph around to some of the um, casting places, and I started working on Australian television as an extra basically, which I didn't mind. The only thing, when they tried to put me in front of the camera, I always said no. I was quite happy to be an extra sitting in uh -huh. a bar or or uh, driving a truck or whatever, but talking words and being in front of a camera was not what I wanted to do. Not your thing. But I love being behind the camera. I love watching the whole process. So I thought, you know, that could be a good idea. Maybe I'll get involved in behind the camera. So I actually started working with a company uh, that was a very big um, a commercial production company. And I worked my way up from virtually sweeping floors to being a producer and directing commercials. And I loved it. And uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the gods of wisdom didn't want me to do that. I got drugged kicking and screaming back into the acting fold and then George Miller decided he would put me in Road Warrior and that ended the whole thing. I was trapped. Ever since Road Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally trapped. Well, that was going to lead me to my next question. Like, Did you audition for the role of Wes and also did you audition for Bennett, the, the character of Bennett as well? Um, well, in... In uh, Road Warrior, uh, with uh, I didn't um, audition at all. I was doing a stage play called Hosanna, which was written by Michel Tremblay, a um, French-Canadian playwright. And it was uh, it's called in the business a two-hander. There was only two people in the play, and there was myself and another guy. And George Miller's girlfriend, Sandy Gore, at that stage, uh, came and and saw a one of the shows of the production, and she rang George and said, you've got to come down and see this guy. And so basically George came down, we had a cup of coffee, talked, and he left, and I had no idea why we had had a cup of coffee and talked. In fact, I had no idea who George Miller was. And uh, a month or so later, my management rang me and said uh, they need you to fly to Sydney to do wardrobe and makeup tests for uh, Road Warrior of Mad Max 2 as it was called mm -hmm. yeah. and I was like what, why and they said because apparently you've got the role and I went I didn't know I'd even gone up for a role and <laughs> uh, that was basically it I, I got it without auditioning for it George just liked what I had it was what he was looking for. And um, that's where it started. And, and with um, Commando, I was actually brought to America to reprise Wes in a way in Weird Science mm -hmm. by Joel Silver. And while I was he here, 
he uh, said, you know, you'd be the perfect candidate for my next film, which is with Arnold Schwarzenegger, whom I had never heard of, by the way. I had no idea really? who Arnold Schwarzenegger was. Nope, not a clue. And uh, he said, so I'll uh, take you to meet the director. He took me to meet the director, and the director turned me down straight away. He said, nope, not mm -hmm. interested, don't want him. Which didn't worry me in the least. I was more than happy to go back to a Australia, America didn't really appeal to me that much. Yeah. So I uh, flew home and about uh, probably three and a half months later, I got a, a, a message from um, the office of Joel Silver saying that there was a, an airline ticket for me at uh, the airport that I was on a plane back to the States to um, commando. I got cast into the uh, movie after it had been shooting for a while because there was some problem with something and they decided to change the uh, actor for that role and I was the other actor. Well, you ended up playing the character really well. You know, I mean, he's very intimidating and, and uh, it was funny because we even saw like a clip how Arnold would say off camera, you were just so laid back and mellow. And then the second the uh, cameras went on, you just flicked it like a switch. Like, uh, is that like, was that like how you uh, always did acting? Like you would just uh, wait until you just get into character? Um, yeah, I, uh, my whole uh, thing is that I, I can't stay in the character all the time because it, I did that when I was doing the stage play and I came very close to having a nervous breakdown because oh. it was a very, very heavy role in the stage play, very intense, very intimidating. And um, it played for like three and a half, nearly four months, uh, six days uh -huh. a week. And I just was in character 24 hours a day, basically. Um, I lived it. And it destroyed me. And I made a vow that I would never do it again. And so I got into the habit of of creating the character, knowing where I was going with the character. But while I was not in front of the camera, I was just normal, just being a total dumb shit. Um, but when they <laughs> rolled the camera, I, I was just bang. I was the character. I was doing my job. And that's what Arnold... Because Arnold, when I first met him, didn't think I could do the role because I was so laid back and quiet. <laughs> and then after I put a knife to his throat and did the scene with him strapped to the table, he decided mm -hmm. that as long as no one gave him a real knife, we'd probably get along well. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you scream when you get electrocuted in that one part. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. it, I got a lot, I got to work on a lot of video games because of that scream. Really? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Name some of the games. Oh, I've done. Um, well, I did. Uh, uh, oh gosh, now, now of course you've got me thinking. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mankind Divided, okay. which was nice. Duasex, which was a huge game. Um, Oh, what was the other big, big, big one? Uh, oh, gosh. I can see all these things in my mind, but I can't think of the names of them. I've done no, that's right. about no, it's all right. prob probably a dozen um, uh, games, a lot of them uh, quite large and 
some of them fun ones I played. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a couple of Australian games uh, playing a, uh, I think I, I, I played, what did I play? No, I didn't play the va- bad guy. I, I played like a koala bear or something. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I get to have fun with those. I, I like doing um, voiceovers for games because I can drag my butt into the studio yeah. looking like death warmed over and no one cares as long as my voice sounds good. <laughs> Do you enjoy that process, making a game? Like It's obviously a lot different than making a movie. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, I, I enjoy doing that. I did a movie uh, um, back a, a couple of years ago called uh, Drawn Together, uh, the movie. Okay. Uh, which was there was a, a show on um, uh, the comedy channel uh, um, at late at night. It was very risque, called Drawn Together, okay. which was um, quite a fun um, cartoon series that they had on for adults. Then they decided to make it into a movie, and uh, I got to play the boss. Uh, in it which was uh, a lot of fun because I I was very intrigued because you don't work with any of the other actors you actually go into a recording studio and you do your dialogue with the directors directing you and so if you're having a if you're talking to someone you're actually talking to them and they're not even repeating the words that the other person would say they're just saying okay do it again but we need this and you think, there's no way they're ever going to get this together. This is mm-hmm. going to sound really, really weird. When you go <laughs> see it, it's like, wow. So yeah. it's it's a whole different world. I can imagine. Yeah. So you had a huge fight scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of Commando. How long did it take to choreograph the fight? Two days. Two days? Wow. Okay. Two long days, yep. I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, yeah, very long days and uh, very uh, hard and a lot of bruises. And, mm-hmm. um, it was interesting. We're both big boys and uh, we mm-hmm. both go for it. Definitely worth it, though, because it turned out great. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It's probably one of the best fight scenes in action cinema, if, if you ask me. And when was the last time you saw Arnold? Have you seen him since? Uh, yeah, I I kind of live around the same area that Arnold lives, and I run into him oh, okay. occasionally at um, at like a, a, one of the, the the chicken shops or something like that. He'll be there, and I'll sort of wander in, and we say hello, and he usually says the same thing to me, which um, I I know off by heart. He he will always go Vernon, and I say Arnold. <laughs> Uh, he'll go, so where are you living? And I'll go, um, down by the coast in Pacific Palisades. Oh, I live in Pacific Palisades. I know, Arnold. You know, we should get together and have lunch. Okay. Do you have a card? Sure, Arnie. I, he's got probably 150 cards. I think he wallpapers his toilet with my cards. <laughs> it's like, God bless his little cotton socks, but... Um, it's funny. He's uh, he's very, very nice, but I'm sure he has a lot bigger things to do than run out to lunch. But I have had breakfast with him a couple of times. That's cool. 
the new uh, the new Beverly Cinema in L.A. had a big Arnold Schwarzenegger marathon like two years ago, and it was like an all nighter. And they showed I think they showed Commando and Predator and pretty much all of his movies, at least like eight or ten of them. Yeah, around there. We tried going, but it sold out in like ten seconds. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know it's it's weird when they do that. I they did yeah. one on the the Road Warrior series, the whole four movies. Okay. Oh, wow. And they asked me to come and do a, a little thing before they played um, a Mad Max two Road Warrior, and uh, uh-huh. I kind of turned up and and went in just as um, Mad Max was finishing. Mm-hmm. And went up and did a little question and answer for a few minutes and then left. That's awesome. Yeah, we love attending those. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of fun. Yeah, you get to learn a lot of stuff you haven't heard. Yeah. yeah. Some years back, I remember you had told me that you broke your arm when you broke through the wall in the scene in Commando where you're chasing after Alyssa Milano. Uh, did that end uh-huh. up putting a filming on hold? Nope. You still just went, kept going? They just gave, gave me an injection in the shoulder every day to take away the pain. Oh, wow. could imagine that had to... That looked like it probably would have hurt. <laughs> it did, yes. So how about that uh, outfit you wore in Weird Science? <laughs> we just rewatched it last night, but we love the outfit. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That was... Uh, that hurt, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did it? <laughs> no, it was... Uh, it was kind of uh, fun. Yeah. How'd you like it. working with uh, Michael Berryman? I love Michael. Yeah. I love Michael. I, I had a ball working with Michael. He was actually in the film that just came out that I did uh, as well. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I never got to work with him. He was in the film and uh, I was in uh-huh. the But they had shot the film basically and then they shot me because i'd been working on another project and when i finished they they went in and shot my stuff so i wasn't with any of the actors that were in the film but i love michael he's a really really sweet guy yeah it's a bummer i hear he's like the best yeah do you still keep in touch with uh jeff jensen the other motorcycle guy um, Jeff, I saw uh, a couple of years ago, and it was actually really funny because I ran into him, and uh, he had just come back from doing a lot of work for um, the next uh, Road Warrior for the Fury Road, and he'd been doing a lot of the um, stunt stuff, and I said, oh. So you're going to be uh, out there filming uh, with them? And he said, no, they've just put it on hold. And that was when they put it on hold for a year. And so Jeff, in the meantime, just wandered off to do something else. And uh, I saw him once after that, uh, actually at his house. I was invited to a party and I went. And I haven't seen him since. He doesn't have the house anymore and I have no idea where he is to be to be um, blunt, I, I just, you mm-hmm. know, he just sort of vanished off the face of the earth. Did you get to keep any of the props or wardrobe from any of these movies? I have the full costume for Road Warrior. I have okay. some. Very cool. Um, nothing from Commando. Um, from um, the kids' series, 
I have the sword and the mask and the headpiece. Um, I had I had props from a lot of the films I did um, that they would give me. I still have some of them. Um, mm-hmm. But my, my wife went through the house one day and said, you know, all this crap, it's either going into storage or it's going. So yeah. I was like, mm, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, they're like my square pig, huh? Uh, but it was... <laughs> Kind of uh, a lot of things that I had collected from different films. But I still have things um, around that are from some of the films that I've done, some of the bigger mm-hmm. ones and the more important ones. But I I had the costume from Road Warrior. Excuse okay. me, it was at my parents' house in Australia. And when, they, uh, when my mother passed away, uh, my brother set the costume over here. Were you able so to I keep anything from uh, Curse of the 49er? Uh, did I keep anything from Curse of the 49er? No, just a lot of bruises. Yeah. <laughs> I took more hits than any... I think I got into the, the record book, the amount of hits, bullet squibs on one person for that. <laughs> yeah, you guys it shot wasn't. that at like three three different ranches, right? Yeah, I I got the crap kicked out of me with those shots. Yeah, um, but it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. I I just loved the character. He was just so wonderful. You know, biting his own finger off and <laughs> killing. Yeah, our the friend girl. Jeremy loves that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. I love and it, I got to work with John on that one. Then I worked with John on three more after that. So, and I got to meet one of. Uh, uh, one of the actors on it, Steve Wastel, who played the kid that was in the forest um, mm-hmm. having a poop when the monster <laughs> came through. Um, I got to uh, meet him and we've remained, we've remained friends ever since and he's one of my uh, best friends. So, yeah, so you liked working with uh, John, John Carl Busler? I, I love working with John. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I did, um, I did that film. I did uh, Jekyll and Hyde with him, mm-hmm. which I really, really. Tony Todd was uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. I played uh, his um, partner in in crime, who was the other doctor in that, um, mm-hmm. which I loved. Loved doing it, uh, mostly because I had a chimp that was my thing in that film, and it. It uh, wrapped its arms around my neck all day, and it would not leave me. So I was, <laughs> I, I was kind of like, "Oh, this is so cool." Um, but yeah, I love John. He was a really, really sweet man, and very, very good at what he did. Very one of a kind. Yeah, I think yep. we met him at Erie Horror Film Festival too. He might have been there the same year as you. Yeah, 2013. Yep. And then the last time I ever saw him was Monster Palooza 2018. And yeah, he's such a sweet guy, really. Yep. And really talented too. Yep. He uh, used to come over. His whole family used to come to my house every Christmas for. Uh, uh, we had a, we used to have a Christmas party, and he used to come to mm-hmm. it. But we kind of so, uh, miss him. Oh, we miss him yeah, too. Yeah, he'll forever, you know, every everything he did will, you know, be cherished by fans forever. Yep. Continue to inspire for generations for sure. Absolutely. No question. 
Yeah, then I yeah. lost another good friend, uh, Stuart Gordon, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's another bummer, I'm telling you. They just keep yep. coming. Yeah, I know. But yeah. Huge fan of him and Reanimator and From Beyond, all of them. Yeah, he was another, did some wonderful movies. I, I did uh, some great films with Stuart. Yeah. But, uh, so uh, all the scenes like for the house in Weird Science, was because I know they shot a lot of it in Illinois. Were the house scenes uh, in Los Angeles, like on a soundstage or on location? They were on the soundstage at the Universal. Gotcha. That was, that was where I was um, when I came over. Uh, everything I did was at Universal. And uh, they had me in the, uh, it's called the Black Tower, the hotel that's up on the hill outside Universal Gates. I was just up there. And uh, it was funny because being the, the, the kid from the, from the sticks in Australia, not used to the way things were done, um, I would walk down the hill to go to the location. And the first time I did it, the, this limo pulled up beside me and the gentleman said, excuse me, Mr. Wells, what are you doing? And uh, I said, oh, mm -hmm. I'm just walking down the hill. I, I'm working in the studio. And he said, um, no, 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 no. You're not allowed to walk down the hill. You have to get in the car. And I went, what? <laughs> he said, you have to get in the car. It's my job to drive you down the hill. And I went, you're kidding. <laughs> nope. And they... So we made an arrangement because I liked walking. And so yeah. we made this arrangement that he would pick me up at the bottom of the hill and drive me the 150 yards to the studio. Because that was <laughs> his awesome. job. You know, he had to do it. They would fire him if he didn't, I guess. No, yeah, so that's understandable. I didn't want to have that on my conscience, so I let him pick me up <laughs> and take me. In the, it, was just, it was so funny because I just wasn't used to any of that stuff. But yeah, yeah, everything, and it, it floored me that when I went into the first time I went into the studio, there was this huge house, two-story house, in the studio in, in uh, three pieces that could be put together to form a whole house or pulled apart so they could shoot in different pieces of it. And I just stood there and looked at it and went, wow, so this is how you make real movies. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, the island for Commando, that was like a... Where was that at? Oh, that was um, up the coast. It was actually up in... Um, it's past San Luis Obispo. Uh, up at um, Hearst Castle. You know Hearst Castle? Up up that area? Mm, that can't was say I've heard of it. Well, that was where they... Uh, filmed all the exteriors and then the actual island that they shot on, believe it or not, was in the Hollywood Hills at uh -huh. a very famous uh, silent movie star's house uh, okay. which had these huge grounds with it which um, looked out over basically over the whole of uh, Hollywood and they shot all the, uh, uh, the fight scenes, all the the ones where he was blowing things up and killing people and mm -hmm. and doing his thing, uh, that was all there. And also down the coast here, they shot the the scenes with the um, seaplane and he's coming and he's leaving and all that stuff. They shot it down there in a little cove down the coast. 
No, oh, that's awesome. Did you expect, uh, you know, like, especially these films, did you expect them to become such huge hits and, like, such an influence, even on pop culture, like, and they would still just be watched over and over again to this day? Um, Road Warrior, we knew when we were making it, it was a unique, special little film. Yeah. Uh, we never expected it to become what it was. I mean, I never expected that it would become the phenomenon that it became and still is. I, I just... Yeah. It, there was no, no notion of it being like that in any way, shape, or form. Um, but Commando, to me, Commando was fun because it was just so kitsch. I mean, you know, it was so out there. I mean, you know, Arnold never ran out of bullets or people to kill. It was just one of those. <laughs> I know they're so they're so far fetched, but we love yeah. it. Yes, <laughs> that's what made and, it so great. Yes. It would just, yeah. you know, and, and that, as somebody was saying to me the other day, they said, you know, you're the only human being in history that's been thrown into an electric generator <laughs> that's putting out thousands of volts and have them <laughs> course through your body as you're being thrown around like a rag doll and then get up and say, okay, your mother, let's go for it. And they went, you know, <laughs> like, who does that? And that was the point. It was just... <laughs> So over the top, and then having a, a, a large pipe thrown through you, you know, and having steam come out of the yeah, <laughs> that thing. was amazing. It's That's just, one of the best parts. It was just wonderful. I loved it, and you know, it's one of those things that you can't duplicate because it it was done in a time when it should have been done and it worked. Now it would never work. Yeah, but then it worked because of the time. Road Warriors the same. You couldn't do the one I did again because no. it wouldn't work. It just you just would not be able to get that same grittiness that, that that we had yeah. in it. So sometimes you do a film that is done for the moment and you're just lucky enough to be in that moment when it's done mm -hmm. and it just people just continue to watch it and love it. I mean it's to me it's it's interesting and um i i'm always feel very blessed that i was in both of those and then weird science was another one which mm -hmm. was when it was made people were like yeah and then it just went on and now it's it's like when people talk to you they go oh my god i love weird science it became a coming of age movie but it took time for it to sort of become the movie that people liked mm-hmm so I've done a couple of those. Uh, Inner Space was another one which didn't really take off when it was uh, released, but now mm -hmm. everybody loves it. it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'll be, my name will be drug up for the next few years every time someone finds one of those films. <laughs> yeah, so we actually have some questions from fans, actually. Um yeah, okay. Kelly, you want to do the first one? All right, this one's from Jeremy Moorhead. What was your experience working on Miner's Massacre, a.k.a. Curse of the 49er? And that movie is a fucking gem that is just waiting for horror fans to discover eventually, and it rightfully became a cult slasher film. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, he's, his name's Jeremy? Jeremy Moorhead, yes. He yeah. lives in, like, D.C. Oh, my God, Jeremy. Um Great question, <laughs> and we've been talking about Miner's Massacre. My my experience on Miner's Massacre was 
a load of fun. Um, and I, I believe that when we were first shooting it, the biting off of the finger wasn't in the script. It came about because I'm such a lunatic and uh -huh. I was doing all these totally weird, ridiculous things. And we mm -hmm. came up with me biting my finger up to show that this man didn't care. Um, and killing the the pretty young girl and uh, all that. I think the the interesting part of that was uh, when I was shot. Um, as I said, I think it's somewhere in the, the Hall of Fame because of how many squibs they put on the, my body in the costume. Um, mm -hmm. It knocked the crap out of me. I mean, I was down on my knees and I was down for serious. I could hardly breathe. I was gasping for, for breath. It was um, an interesting uh, time at that stage, but I loved it. I mean, I, I just had so much fun doing it. It was such a fun movie. And you're right. It is a great little horror movie and it should be appreciated for what it is and it was a lot of fun and um just a, a great little movie to watch yeah and jeremy also said it feels like the perfect 80s slasher had it come out in 1987 rather than 2002 he thinks that it would be talked about a lot more and oh. in the same the same league as like cropsy from the burning and madman mm -hmm. mars from madman yeah, it, it, that's what I was saying about the films. You know, like sometimes they're done at exactly there's that that time and they like Road Warrior came out at a perfect time. Commando came out at a perfect time, and he's right. If it had been made in the eighties, late eighties, it would have probably been a hundred times bigger than it was simply because yeah. that was a time when it would have worked perfectly. Mm -hmm. Luckily, it's available to watch now on Amazon Prime. <laughs> yep. Uh, he also wants to know, do you have any funny or awesome stories working with John Carl Buechler? Um, well, working with John was fun all the time. Um, yeah. It, it was uh, hysterical on the set. He, uh, he, he kind of let you do your own thing in a way. Mm -hmm. um, with a character he actually took me from playing villain roles mostly to becoming um a uh, a good guy because in his uh, film jekyll and hyde i played yeah. the good guy uh to uh jekyll so and it was very uh, weird for me because it was really the first time i had played a lead role in a film as a good guy normally i was the villain yeah and uh it was john he decided that i should do that and he was determined to uh, get me into that role and um it was a lot of fun working with him because he would just he would do things i i had this monkey and the monkey became more of the star of the film than I did. There was a, a great little scene in the film where I, I used to get these, uh, when I was talking, I would get these rubber bands and I had them on my fingers and I would twist them around my fingers. It was just something I did while I was talking. And yeah. when we were actually shooting the scene, they brought the, the little monkey in the, and he was sitting on his cage next to me and I was 
talking, doing my dialogue, and I was twisting these rubber bands, and he leant across and he took them off me, and he started doing the same thing on his fingers. Oh my God. And he just sat there doing it, looking at me. And I just kept going with my dialogue. And when I finished, I, I, I put my hand over and I took them back. And it was just very, very fun. And, and John left it in the film because it was such a sweet little little piece, this, uh, mm-hmm. this monkey deciding that he could do what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got a, a question from another fan. Uh, Nick Buckeye asks... Mr. Wells, Commando may just be one of my my most loved films and possibly the best action movie ever made. At the very least, one of the most definitive action movies of the 1980s. What are some memories you have being on set, interacting with Schwarzenegger and the crew, and what is the story with the chainmail vest? (laughs) Okay, Nick. We'll start with the chainmail vest. It was actually called a Stoker's Vest. And in the um, Second World War and before that, uh, in the bowels of the ship, the the uh, ships ran on steam. They were steamships, and so there was these this whole crew of people called stokers. What they did was they put the coal into the boilers, so they stoked the boilers with coal. And every time the the, the boiler door was opened and they started throwing uh, shovelfuls of coal in. Sparks would fly out and they were very hot. And um, what they had was this vest and it was made out of merino wool. And the reason they had them was that, number one, they kept them cool, but when they sweat, the wool would absorb all of the moisture so that when the sparks hit them, they went out. They didn't get burnt and nothing uh, started a fire or anything else on their clothing. So they were called Stoker's Vests. And that was what that was. The idea of it being chain mail, I, yeah, well, they sprayed it silver and I guess it looked like chain mail. But as somebody once said to me, if you were wearing that and it was made out of chain mail, it would have weighed about 65 pounds and I guarantee you wouldn't have been doing half the stuff you did. So uh, it uh, to to ruin everybody's um, ideas of what I was doing. No, it was actually made out of wool, and it was called a Stoker's vest. But it was great. I liked it. I thought it was cool. But that whole costume was made for somebody else, not for me. And they had to repurpose it when I came onto the film. Um, and they didn't have a lot of time to do that. So that's why I sort of had all the different clothes. The uh, working with Arnold was a lot of fun. He's like a big kid. Um, yeah. He used to drive me insane. He was always pulling pranks. Um, oh, like what? What were you doing? <laughs> I want to hear this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one of them was that I, I was always bitching about the fact that I had the smallest trailer uh-huh. and uh, being being a smartass. And um, so one day when I was on the set working, um, Arnold and all his uh, cronies took the wheels and the doors and the bolts and nuts out of the trailer so that when I came back and opened the door, the whole trailer fell apart. Um <laughs> And I was kind of standing there looking at this pile of junk in front of me going, oh, shit. Um, And they thought that was very funny. (laughs) 
man. So he used to give me a lot of grief, but I liked it. It was fun. He he was he was fun to work with actually, but uh, like a big mm-hmm. kid. Uh, the crew, I love the crew. Uh, had a lot of fun with the crew. They were all very very nice, and we got to work in a lot of really cool places. As I said, we were up at Hearst Castle. I got to work on John Wayne's boat, the Spruce Goose. Uh, that mm-hmm. was the ship or the boat that was in it that I had, and um, uh, and we worked at the uh, the the place here in in Hollywood Hills, the uh, the beautiful um, house, which was where I actually went through the wall to get to Alyssa Milano. Um, the, they had this whole magnificent mansion. But they had to rebuild fake walls and things throughout because there was um, shooting and all that kind of thing. Of course, they couldn't uh, have anything hit the walls of the the actual walls of the mansion. So it was all kind of a house within a house, so to speak. But uh, no, it was fun. And Arnie was um, he was a character. He always is a character. You know, he had his own uh, chef and. Things, so he always ate pretty well. I got one more question from Jeremy. What fans are the most fanatical, Mad Max fans or Power Ranger fans? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I would have to say Power Ranger fans are, are, are very fanatical. I yeah, I give them, <laughs> they are very fanatical. Um, very. But yeah, I, I would say Road Warrior fans. Um, oh, okay. In in respect to if I'm at a if I'm doing a convention that has uh, um, Power Rangers and there's the whole lot of us are there you know uh, from from my my show um, from Time Force then they are just absolutely insane. If I'm doing a convention where it's everything and I have photographs from that and I have um, mm-hmm. stuff from Mad Max and uh, Commando and, and things. The Road Warrior fans are the most fanatical at, at that uh, kind of convention. So, um, and and sometimes the Commando fans they can be pretty, um, yeah, they can get a little out of hand too at times. But Road <laughs> Warrior fans are really they ask some of the most insane questions when I'm doing mm-hmm. um, a question and answer. It's just out of control, but fun. Do you have any crazy fan interaction stories? Do you have any crazy fans? <laughs> um, I have a lot of crazy fans. I had a, a gentleman one day. <laughs> I was uh, at a convention and I was sitting at the table. It was just opening. The whole place had just opened. Yeah. And I was just finishing putting my photographs out and getting everything ready. And this, this uh, gentleman, his wife, and these three kids come running across the floor. And I thought to myself, God, somebody's in a hurry to find somebody. And they came (laughs) straight across to my table. And I went, whoa. (laughs) And they just stood there and they said, uh, uh, hi, Mr. Wells, we don't have long. We we want autographs, blah, blah, blah. And I said, wow, um, you guys have somewhere else to go? And they said, yes, we have to get back to uh, Canada. I went, I'm sorry. And they said, we drove down from Canada today like this morning, basically they left at some odd hour of night from Canada 
to fly to uh, drive down to, and I was in uh, Chicago, down to Chicago, okay. to see me to get my autographs, and then they were going straight out, getting into their car and driving back to uh, Canada because uh, they needed to be back by nightfall because um, the the gentleman I believe uh, worked night shift on a job and he had to be back at his job. And I thought, that is dedication. Total dedication. Dumb, but dedication. (laughs) And I had another guy came over, and uh, he was uh, kneeling in front of my table with his hands on my table, talking to me with tears running down (laughs) his face. He couldn't handle it. And his wife kept patting him on the shoulder, saying, it's all right, (laughs) it's all right. Let it out, let it out. And I'm just sitting at the table thinking, oh, my God. God, (laughs) this is really embarrassing. But uh, he turned out to be a nice guy. He was just a little overcome with the whole thing for the moment. What was he a major fan of, like a certain one of your movies or all of them? Road Warrior. Okay, so that makes sense. (laughs) He was totally a Road Warrior fan. Uh, We got another question from Brandon Devine. I'm such a huge fan of Mad Max 2. Can you ask Vernon if it was really super cold in the desert while they were filming the movie? Ah, uh, yes. Was it super cold in the desert while uh, we were filming? Let me put it to you this way. My nickname yes. <laughs> for horrible. the movie was Barometer Bum. They figured that every time the cheeks of my ass went purple, it was time to get us somewhere where it was warm. Uh Yes, it was freezing. We were in a valley between (laughs) two mountains and the wind would come up over the top of the mountain through the snow and up my butt. (laughs) I froze for the whole time. In fact, I still have scars on my hands from the uh, numerous times that I inadvertently would grab hold of something that was metal on one of the vehicles um, and stick to it. And mm-hmm. so they were forever taking my hand off things. Um, yeah, it was cold. And if you have it on DVD, there's a scene in the film, the night scene where all of the marauders are up on the hill and the campfire's going and they're doing, there's the nunchucks and the, you know, all that stuff going on up there. If you mm-hmm. actually can freeze the frame where the guy's doing the nunchucks, you'll see all these white specks Blowing through the front. That's snow. It's snow no. while oh, we were filming. Man. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So uh, another fan asks, uh, Homer Alva is asking, which scene was the hardest to shoot in The Road Warrior? Which scene was the hardest to shoot? Um, starting day one through to day 35. Uh, oh, that's, that's a joke, Alva. Um, it was a very intense, very physical film, number one, but probably for me, the hardest scenes for me to shoot, because I did a lot of the stunts because I'm stupid like that, um, were the ones where I had to move from one vehicle to the other, uh, while we were, while they were going at, you know, like 30, 35 mile an hour down the road. And I would be jumping off the um, the motorbike onto the back of a, a truck, or I would be jumping off the snake mobile onto the semi, 
Um, all of those scenes were a little scary simply because, you know, you realized when you, and we didn't have um, anything on me to stop me falling because you couldn't. Uh, it was impossible. So I had to be very sure of my footing and there was always one of the stunt guys on the vehicle I was climbing onto to grab me if anything went wrong and pull me up. But you always realize that if something did happen and you slipped, you went under three sets of wheels. Nobody was going to pick you up. Right. So, uh, yeah. Right. I got uh, one last question from Michael Paul Will. Being a part of multiple worldwide known films, which is your favorite and who do you most enjoy working alongside of? Uh, you know what? I enjoy working alongside of everybody I work with because I've been extraordinarily yeah. fortunate in my career of working with people that I really like to, to work with. Um, but uh, I did a film for John Schneider. He directed me and he was in the film this wonderful film and working with John was a dream and Barry Boswick was the other star and I'd only ever known Barry his name I'd never worked with him from television and he was just the most genuinely wonderful human being to work with and mm -hmm. you know as I said I've been incredibly blessed with working with people that are really professional and really really nice people um, and I've worked with directors who are just, you know, Steven Spielberg, people like this, who are just wonderful human beings. Uh, George Miller, who is probably the greatest director I've ever worked with, love George. But I have been incredibly blessed. I mean, I have a partner now, um, Brian Martin. We uh, are partners in a studio complex up in Sacramento, California. And he's mm -hmm. another one of these wonderful directors. He's he's just so calm, so easy to get along with, so giving as a human being that I love being around him. And also Stuart Gordon, who unfortunately passed away, whom, whom I loved, and uh, John was the same. They were, they were people who had a gift for being able to get you to do what they wanted without needing to do anything other than ask because all you wanted to do was do what they wanted because you wanted to please them basically that was so so nice to be around and so easy to get along with and as I said I've been fortunate with a lot of actors I've worked with who are exactly the same so um yeah I I think you know I'm just a lucky little dude <laughs> for yeah. sure yeah well listen uh we wanted to thank you so much for your time this was a really awesome interview we yeah, got a lot sure. of we got a lot of awesome questions answered too and also us being actors in the la area we hope we would have a chance to work alongside you one day definitely that would be really cool whereabouts are you guys we're in uh burbank mm -hmm. ah yeah yeah uh, that that would be that would be cool yeah I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, happy. Absolutely. Um, Anything planned for when this virus ever ends? I've got like five or six films on hold. Yeah. I, I was supposed to be in Australia at the moment working, um, okay. doing a film. And, uh, well, actually, I was supposed to be in Australia doing two films, one after the other, and they're mm -hmm. on hold. Um, 
I have a, a wonderful film that I'll be going into production on hopefully late this year or early next year called Island in the Sky, which is a retelling of Treasure Island, and I get to play the oh, Irish. Cool. Yeah, which will be kind of fun. I, I look forward to doing that. And um, I'll be shooting a Western, um, if we ever get out of lockdown, called uh, Death at Sunrise. Okay. Uh, which will be really, really cool. And I'm doing a short called Southern Hard, which is um, a brilliant piece that I've looked forward to doing for so long. And I have quite a few p uh, films on the go at different stages. Um, for the Love of My Daughter is another one that I'm looking forward to doing. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a, a blessed actor. I have work. And uh, I have a lot of projects. There's a lot of projects coming out. I think every other bloody week I've got a, a film that's just launching. Uh, they've just brought out um, Trouble Is My Business, a film noir that I did. Landfall is coming out. Um, City of Gold. There's a lot of stuff that I've got out there that I've filmed. Um, oh, Emerald Run which just came out, I mm -hmm. believe, last week or the week before. Yeah. So, I've, and they're just releasing um, the new one that I did with Michael and John Schneider and everybody. Um, that's coming out, or I think it's now out. came out last week. Yeah, so... Um, Lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, you go. There, there's stuff out there. If you want to find me, I'm pretty easy to find. I've got stuff out there. And can your, your fans find you on social media anywhere? Got any plugs? Yeah, uh, Facebook, um, Twitter, all the, all the usual stuff. I'm not difficult to, to get to. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much again for your thank time. You. We had a great time interviewing you. Stay safe. Uh, no, it was my pleasure, guys. And uh, I'm sorry that all you can see is the uh, television on the wall of my lounge room. <laughs> You're good. We don't have it's video on. anyway yet. We're, we're going to get it like later this year, but it's just audio for now. Oh, well, at least we got it done and it worked, and that's the main thing. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, Hope my pleasure. Any time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Alrighty. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we're going to close it on Oingo Boingo, Weird Science. Oh. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention?
Stand my intention.